Thank you for the music, the book of Psalms, Psalms 126, if you'll be turning to the book of songs, songs or psalms, uh, Psalms 126. Are you awake tonight? Oh boy, my work is cut out for me this evening. Uh, psalms 126, I failed to mention earlier, pray for Brother Ken, Brother Ken right over here, uh, raise your hand, and he's quietly, he succumbs every week, and uh, he's been here for, remember, for several years now, but his father and his brother suddenly passed away in the same day, um, and so I'll pray for him during this time, and the family, uh, that the, the Lord would give them uh, comfort, and he's got unsaved family, and he certainly wants uh, the Lord to use this, they, may, they might be saved. Psalms 126, I'm going to read the last two verses this evening, and I want you to give me um, a good hearing tonight. I know it is, it is getting close to Christmas. I know the weather is kind of gloomy outside. Um, I know that uh, if things, it's been a long year. Uh, we're at the end of a day. and so. But I want you to give me your attention tonight. I want you to listen to me on purpose uh, because this will be very, very helpful uh, this evening. I especially want... Uh, those that are parents still rearing their children, especially young uh, parents, I want you to listen closely to me tonight. I want uh, uh, husbands and wives listen closely to me tonight, Christians, those that serve in ministry, and I want you to give me a good hearing this evening, and I believe what I, what I give you tonight will be a great help to you. Psalms 126, verse number 5 and 6, he, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Uh, there are some great promises uh, in these two verses. And I want to remind you that uh, what God says will take place will take place. And here we find in verse number 5 and 6 what is often referred to as the law of sowing and reaping. You reap what you sow. Uh, there's principles there. If you sow, you're going to reap it. Um, if you sow, for example, you sow apples, you're going to reap apples, not oranges. Uh, you sow rebellion, you reap rebellion. You sow um, uh, faithfulness, you're going to reap faithfulness. There are some laws uh, that God has established that can't be broken and I want to uh, remind us of this one tonight, but I want to, I want to bring it to us this evening in a very practical manner. Uh, this will feel more like a Wednesday night Bible study, I believe, so I want to be helpful to us this evening. <clears throat> but I'm, I'm going to use the law of sowing and reaping to preach on the process of sowing and reaping. Verse 5 and 6 tells us of the law of sowing and reaping. You reap what you sow. That's a law that cannot be altered. But also in verse, five or in verse 5 and 6, we are told the process by which this law comes about. And so I want to focus on that tonight, the process of sowing and reaping. Father, help us tonight as we look at your word. May the Spirit of God give clarity of thought. May we put, your put our focus and attention on on your word this evening, may it be a help to us, and may we establish uh, this law in our own life and have an understanding of it, and may we understand the process as well. I pray that you'll bless your people tonight, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. As I've already mentioned, I've reminded us of the law of sowing and reaping. Uh, you are not going to reap unless you sow, 
uh, and what you reap is tied to what you sow. It is very important. I'll give you a, a, a simple definition of the word sow. It's scattering seed uh, for uh, propagation. It is the work that goes into uh, the reaping. It is a scattering of seed. It's a planting of seed. Uh, reap, I'll give you a simple definition of the word reap, is to redeem the fruit of labor. That sowing signifies the work. The reaping signifies the fruit of that work. And I'm going to mention from a, if I can use the word negative standpoint, uh, to start with, because I want to spend most of our time tonight looking at the aspect of what if you reap the, the reap for if you sow for blessings, you'll reap blessings. But I want to remind us before I get to the message tonight uh, that there is a fruit of sowing of things like rebellion, uh, things uh, uh, that God God speaks against. There is a fruit of that. <clears throat> there is a reaping of that, and we need to be warned of that. <clears throat> you don't always see it right away, but it is going to come at some point. But I want to look at this from the aspect tonight of sowing the seeds that we should sow so that we reap the fruit of our labor. Uh, the sowing, uh, the, the work that go, is involved so that we reap the things that we want to reap. Uh, we reap what we sow. This is a law. I've mentioned it several times tonight. There is a process to that law. It does not always take place and is not going to take place exactly at the same time. Uh, wouldn't it be great? Uh, I, I like fruit. I like, I like things like that. Not vegetables so much, but I like fruit. Uh, but uh, wouldn't it be great? I mean, I'm in the mood. I, I love watermelon. I don't know about you, but I'm in the mood for a watermelon. And I'm going to go out and plant me a seed at 8 o'clock in the morning. I come back that afternoon. It's about the time for me to have one, and there, there it is. Don't you wish it happened that fast? Uh, it doesn't. Um, boy, if I had my way, I, I mean, I would, I would have an orchard. I mean, I'd plant me some taco trees and some burrito trees, and, and I'd just go up there, and I'd just pluck those things off. I mean, wouldn't that be awesome? You mean there's no such thing as that? Oh. Don't lose sight of this law. You reap what you sow. But I, I want to make several statements tonight, and I want to really dissect verse 5 and verse 6. And one word, and, and if you mark in your Bible, I want to uh, point some things out to you. In verse number 6, there's the word doubtless. Uh, God is assuring us that this is going to take place. This will, you will reap. Without a doubt, we can know this. Now again, I want to remind us that from a negative standpoint, in, in rebellion is the one that comes to mind. You sow rebellion, you're going to weep rebellion. But I'm going to focus this whole passage tonight, and I'm going to focus this whole uh, message tonight on sowing the things that we should sow so that we reap the things that we should reap. Uh, if I'm going to sow things in my life, if I'm going to sow in the work of God, the Bible says that shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. You can be assured of it. You can count on it. It is going to happen. I mean, do you believe the Bible tonight? I believe the Bible. If God says doubtless, <clears throat> you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to wonder. It will take place. Now, let me give you the, the statements tonight, and I don't want to be too long this evening, but I want to make the points uh, that I want to make, and I want to just make these statements, and we're going <clears> to <throat> look at the process of sowing and reaping. 
Number one, in order to reap, you must sow. Now, I don't want to be too deep in the Word tonight and get too far over everybody's head, but in order to reap, you must sow. You know why there, there is so many problems? There's a, there's a lot of explanation, but one reason why there's so many problems in our society today, there's a generation that wants to reap without sowing. They want the benefits without investing anything. Uh, they, they say to the government, just give me. Why? Because I exist. Well, what have you invested? Nothing. We have this generation, this, this flaw in character even has creeped into churches today where it's like, well, we want God to, to bless me and we want, we want things in a certain way without putting any effort in it whatsoever. There's a lot of people who want things from God, but they haven't invested in it. They want blessings. They want the reaping without the sowing. They want their children to turn out without sowing. They, they want the blessings that come after a lot of work, but yet they don't want to put in the effort. You know what it is when you go to work tomorrow? It is not just going to work, it's sowing. You know what it is, Mom, when you work around the house? It's not just checking off a list of jobs, although sometimes it seems that way. It is sowing. You know what it is, mom and dad, when you have that child and you, and you teach them a, a chore, you teach them a skill, you teach them some, something of character, and it takes you five times longer to teach them than just doing yourself, you know what that is? That's sowing. Uh, it, is, it is investing. It is planting a seed so that one day it can be reaped. Let's not fall into the traps and the failures of society of wanting a paycheck with no work. We want, if you want a good marriage, you're going to have to sow seeds. You're going to have to invest. You want your children to, first of all, be productive citizens one day. You have to sow to reap that. You want them to serve the Lord, you have to sow. You want a Christian home and a Christian marriage, one that honors God? It does not just happen. Oftentimes, we'll look at the lives of other Christians, and we make the mistake of, one, thinking they have it all together. And then it's, well, I mean, I would like to have what brother so-and-so has or miss so-and-so has. I'd like to have the opportunity they have. Or I mean, look at everything that God has done for them. Well, there's probably a lot of sowing that has gone in in order to reap the blessings and the benefit. In order to reap, you must sow. Uh, I think this is common sense, but it's something that we need to be reminded of. There's not going to be reaping if there's no sowing. And so as a Christian, what should you be focused on doing? Sowing. I like to be in the things of God. I like to serve the Lord long enough to see, to see benefit and to see, see changed lives and to see those things. Well, you've got to sow the seed. You've got to be all about the sowing. And let me, we, we have a, a ministry that trains the, the next generation to go in and serve the Lord and future pastors and pastor's wives and Sunday school teachers and so on and so forth. And we're a very ministry-minded church. And we, well, I, want, I want a large Sunday school class. You're going to have to sow. I'd like to have a I'd like to have a ministry that 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 that, that is blessed. We're gonna to have to sow. Too many times we focus on the reaping and not the sowing, and it's the sowing that gets us the reaping. 
Don't focus on the reaping, focus on the sowing. The work that must go into it. The discipline that must go into it. One day you'll be thankful. One day you'll come forth rejoicing because you have reaped. So statement number one is this, in order to reap, you must sow. Statement number two, I've already alluded to it, but let me mention it. It is not enough just to sow. Now, you're going to have to use your mind tonight. I know I'm asking a lot of of many, many tonight. But I said statement number one is what? In order to reap, you must sow. It just makes sense, doesn't it? A farmer does not go out and reap crops that he has not sown. So he's got to sow before he reaps. <clears throat> the same is true in our life, in our marriage, in our home, we're in our children. As, as a Christian, investing in others, investing in the work of God. A lot of people, want, they want a church that's a certain way, but they have not sown. They have not put any investment in it at all themselves, and they wonder why there's no reaping. So statement number one, in order to reap, we must sow. Statement number two, it is not enough just to sow. Notice verse number five. They that sow <clears throat> shall reap in joy. Is that what it says? It says, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. You've got to underline those two words, in tears. So, Pastor, what is the <clears throat> significance of that? Well, for tears to be shed in the sowing signifies that there's a great investment on the part of the sower. So, Pastor, I, I sow and, and I just, I'm just, I just don't, I would never shed tears over it. Well, let me ask you, are you passionate about it? There are some things that we are so passionate about that our effort signifies this emotion is going to be shown. We're that much invested. Uh, there, there's our emotions invested, whether it's love, whether it's the work we've put in, and there's an investment of tears. I believe one of the great failures of Christians of this day is the fact that we are not as passionate as we should be about the things which we should be passionate about. We're not as invested as we should be. In other words, uh, there's no tears shed over a prayer list. There's not enough tears shed over a lost world. I promise you, you'll be more concerned about the lost dying and going to hell if you look at it enough and you get burdened enough to where you'll actually shed a tear over it. It's sowing in tears. It means there's a passion about it. I, mean, I hate to use this as an illustration. Some of you can sympathize with it. And some of you wouldn't understand it. But do you shed a tear when your ball team loses? I'm not going to make fun of that. You're invested in it. Maybe a little bit, but I'm not going to. You're invested in it. You're passionate. So, well, I, I didn't mean to get all emotional about that. And not necessarily sports, but just any, any, well, why would you? Because you're invested in it. You have invested some of your life. It's not just enough to sow. We must be willing to sow in tears. So, Pastor, I don't have any tears when it comes to the loss. I don't have any tears when it comes to prayer. I don't have any tears when it comes to my marriage, I don't have any tears when it comes to my children. 
Let me ask you a question. Are you invested enough? Are you passionate enough? Are you burdened enough? See, tears are the ingredient that waters the seed. It, it <coughs> signifies the nurturing, the investment. Uh, sometimes we don't shed tears about the burdens others carry because we're not invested enough in them. We haven't prayed enough, okay? Moving right along tonight. Step number one, are you still with me? In order to reap, you must sow. Statement number two, it is not just enough to sow. Statement number three is this. The seed is precious. The seed is precious. Now, we're looking at the law of sowing and reaping. Are you with me tonight? But not just the law, but the process. It's important that I know the law. But it's important that I understand the process because there's a result I want to get out of the law. And so we have said, number one, in order to reap, you must sow. Number two, it is not enough just to sow. Number three, the seed is precious. Please don't miss this truth tonight. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Verse six, he that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. God says that seed is what's precious because it's the seed out of which comes the fruit we want to reap. It's not just enough to shed tears. It's not just enough to be emotional. It ties with the seed, with the effort, with the investment. It is precious. Let me illustrate it this way. Why is that seed precious? Because of its potential. What is a seed? You know, a prayer is a seed. I want answers to prayer. What do you want? You want to reap the fruit. You want to reap the fruit? Then you've got to sow the seed. A prayer is a precious thing because of what can come out of a prayer. Do you realize that God has done miracles because of a simple prayer? Has God always been capable of performing miracles? The answer is a resounding yes. There is a fruit that we can gather. There is a fruit that we can reap, but we have to sow. <clears throat> if you look at it in the context of this promise tonight... The, 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 and stay with me when I say this, the answer to prayer is not what is precious, although that's precious. You don't get the answer without the seed. So we as Christians, we focus on the reaping when we should be focusing on the sowing. When I get that prayer list in Sunday school on Sunday morning, when I get that prayer list that comes out, what am I going to do? with? Oh, pastor, I'd like to see a miracle. Oh, pastor, I'd like to see a miracle. Oh, pastor, are we going to see a miracle? We'll sow some seed because it's precious. Every prayer that is prayed for the work of God and for another saint of God, it is a precious thing. Do you know giving of yourself is precious? It's an investment. I believe we ought to invest in others. Do you realize a kind act is precious? Don't look, it, it's seed. 
I believe we're going to be amazed if we get to heaven, if, when we get to heaven, and if God allows us to un, have an understanding, which I don't know why he would not, of everything that has taken place in everybody's life. And we're going to be surprised at what a kind word did for brothers and sisters in Christ. We're going to be surprised at what that note that came out of nowhere did. Well, I just know you took, somebody took time to plant a seed of kindness, to plant a seed of care. You know, every time we give an offering, we give of ourselves financially or otherwise to the work of the Lord. Do you realize that that is a seed? Don't we like to talk about the blessings of God? I like to talk about the blessings of God. But how much seed are we sowing to get the blessings of God? I hesitate to use this as an example, but it illustrates this. But not, not, too, far away, not too far back, I, I was able to help one in our membership with a financial need. And God has already given that back to me plus 50%. Now, I didn't know he was going to do that. But God gives the fruit. I'm not saying that to put any, any light on me because there's no light to be put on me. It's the light to be put on God. We all want stories like that, but we don't want to pull the seed out of our pocket and invest it in somebody else. We don't want to pull the seed out and invest it in the work of God. I think this, this fits here, and, and certainly it would apply here, and, and things that we want to do. Well, Pastor, I just, I just think we ought to do this in the church, and I don't think you ought to do this way. I want to know how much, you're, how much seed you, are you planting. Because if you're not planting any seed, you can't understand the process. And there's too many Christians that want to let everybody else plant the seed and then sit under their orchard and pick their fruit. Well, I didn't get anything out of church. Well, how much do you have invested in it? Oh, I know, it's that time of year, so I'll put a little pressure. There's some, by according to our records, you have, haven't invested one dollar in the ministry all year. I'll let that sit right there for a little bit. I mean, the lights being on while you're in church costs more than a dollar, and you haven't invested a dollar. No wonder you don't get anything out of it. No wonder the, and I can't imagine anybody saying this, no wonder the pastor's preaching isn't like it used to be. You're not invested. God will bless us in spite of us. But it's a wonderful thing to get to the end of a Sunday and know that I have invested and I have put forth my effort so God could bless me. See, it's the seed that is precious. And God reminds us the investment in, in someone else, the investment in the work of God, a prayer that is prayed, the labor that is what is precious. I love to see the fruit of God, the labor of God's people. It is a wonderful thing to see God do great things through His people. And we rejoice in that. But what is precious is not the reaping according to this context. What is the most precious is the seed. 
Because if you don't have the seed, you're not going to get the fruit that comes from the seed. We put the premium on the fruit when God puts the premium on the seed. Hey, parents, you want your children to grow up and serve the Lord? Focus on the seed. We want to make a difference in another person's life? Focus on the seed. What can I do? Well, I could never reap what somebody else reaped. You're looking at it wrong. The process is the seed is the premium. Can you imagine what would happen if all God's people decided, I'm going to invest in prayer? You know, a good farmer can't be impatient. That's the only reason I'm not a farmer. Because I'm just not patient. There's a time to plant. And then you wait. And then you wait. Sometimes farming sounds like a good idea, but I couldn't do it. I don't want to wait. But you have to wait on that seed to yield a fruit. And I know when that farmer goes out there and he sees that crop, whatever it is, and he begins to reap it, he understands how, how precious that seed is. Because if he had not planted it, he would not be enjoying the crop that's being yielded. Does this make sense? And there's a lot of Christians, there's more that you can reap from the blessings of God if you would just sow more seed. We ought, to, we ought to spread the seed of the gospel, obviously. But we ought to spread the, the seed of, of kindness, the, the seed of, 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 of godly love. We ought, to, we ought to invest in other people. It's an investment, that seed. Invest in the work of the Lord. Well, Pastor, when are we going to see it? As I, I taught on it Wednesday night, in God's timing, we see the fruit of the investment of our seed. Never lose track of the fact that the seed is what is precious. If you want the miracle that comes through prayer, you've got to sow the seed. If you want your marriage to be Christ-honoring, you've got to sow the seed. If you want your children to turn out for the Lord, oh, you can't expect it if you don't plant the seed. Uh, the seed is what is precious. Why? Because it is potential. You, I'm so thankful that the Lord doesn't see us how we are, but he sees us as what we could be. And let me, let me mention, mention this to the parents tonight. Those of you that have children in the nursery of small children with you, they're potential. They are potential. And they're potential for good, and they're potential for bad. But they're potential. So I want them to turn out for good. I want them to use their life to please the Lord. You've got to sow a lot of seed. You've got to pray a lot of prayers. You've got to make sacrifices. You've got to make hard decisions about who in the neighborhood you let them play with, who in your family you let them be, let them be around. And even I know it's holiday time, and sometimes you've got to make family mad because they're not going to be the right kind of influence on your children. And this might be good for me to mention. I, I mentioned this in some premarital counseling, and I've mentioned it from time to time. But the counseling I give to a, a young man and young lady when they're going to get married, so 
you leave father and mother, and once you live in that same address, that's your family. Mom and dad are now extended family. I know sometimes mom and dad don't like to hear this, but I mean, I've got a son-in-law and a daughter, daughter right back there. They heard it. I said, Colin, listen to me. We're now extended family. Here's all the bills. And no, uh, my, my mom and dad live about a mile from my house. But who lives in my house is my family. They're my extended family. But until I left home, I lived under their roof. I was there. We were family. So I have a responsibility to invest in my home and my family as was invested in me. Uh, there's a lot that you have to understand when it comes to the process of sowing the seed. I'll give you statement number four. Let me run through the list again. Number one, in order to reap, you must sow. Number two, it is not enough just to sow. There's got to be an investment in it. Number three, the seed is priority. The seed is premium. Number four, reaping is the result, but joy is the byproduct. God has a law. You sow, you reap. That's his law. But don't miss what he tells us about that law. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Now, I use, I've used prayer a lot as an illustration tonight. If I want a miracle in prayer, I have to plant the seed of the prayer. The purpose of my prayer is to get the result, is to get the miracle. If God grants that miracle, isn't that what I was looking for? But when God grants that miracle, He's not just giving us the fruit of that seed. There's joy that goes along with reaping what has been sown. It would be enough just to get the result of what we planted. I've used farming, and I know nothing about farming. I don't know if you could tell that or not, but I don't know nothing about farming. But I can only imagine after the seed has been planted and the labor that goes in and the hard work and the nurturing of those crops along, when that fruit is actually picked, there's got to be some satisfaction as this law came about. There's got to be some joy in that farmer's heart as he sees the labor of his work, the labor of his life. The result is a good one. The result is a positive one. And with the result of the reaping, the Bible says that there's joy as a byproduct. Uh, if you sow, you're going to reap. If you sow in prayer, you're going to reap. But there's joy that comes with that reaping. I wonder if this is why a lot of Christians aren't as happy as they could be. Because they're not sowing enough to understand that the reaping comes with joy. When you invest, and I, and I spoke this morning, part of the message this morning was on not focusing on the temporal, but the eternal. And heaven's going to be a place of rejoicing for a lot of reasons. But there's joy with that reaping. 
They shall reap, the Bible says. So why so? Do we enjoy the work? Do we enjoy the sacrifice? It can be satisfying, but that's not the reason why you sow. You sow in order to reap. And with that reaping comes joy. So if you want some joy in your life, what does the Bible say in this context how you can have more joy? Sow more seed. An unhappy Christian is a Christian that never sows seed. An unfulfilled Christian is a Christian that never sows seed. Let me tell you who the Christians are that have the most joy in their life. It's not the one that the world would say is the greatest success. They have joy because the law of sowing and reaping is true, and a byproduct of the reaping, God says, they will reap with joy. There will be rejoicing. I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, but have you ever had an answered prayer? Boy, that's a great feeling. There's a lot of joy that is with that. Have you ever invested in, in an individual and then seen God's blessings in their life? And, and you may not, they may not even know the part that you've played. They may not even know the prayers that you've prayed for them. They may not even know the fact that you, you have given financially to that ministry. But you see the result of that. And there is some joy in the heart that, that, is, a, that is reaping. And you have joy because that's a byproduct. It gives great joy to parents to know that their children are serving the Lord. It's joy when you invest. Hey, you want to have more joy? We don't always like to hear the recipe, but Pastor, I'm just not happy. Okay, let's, let's take inventory. Um, are you doing the things that God says to make you happy? And go down that inventory because there's some laws that just you can't vary from. Well, maybe you should, well, I think I should just pull back and live more for myself. Oh, no. Sow more seed. Pastor, I, I've worked in this life of this young person, and I invested in my own children, maybe, or, and I just invested in this new Christian, and they just fell by the wayside. I just don't think it's worth it. Well, I hope you didn't just plant one seed. Well, I did, and my children were grown by the time I got saved. And, I, and, and, and so there, there, there's not much I could do with, with, with that and, 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 and a trouble. Maybe so, but you know, there, there's some others around here that you could probably invest in them. And you could pray for them. And you, 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 could, you could invest in them. Hey, we ought to invest in this church because it's going to benefit a lot of people. And we can all sit back one day in our golden years and say, look at the joy I have because of what I invested. You want to have joy? Invest more seed. I'll close with a couple of illustrations, if you'll permit me. This past July, I walked my eldest daughter down this aisle and gave her away. Many of you during that time prayed much for me. And I said, Pastor, we're praying for you. We know this. I said, no, 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 you need to pray for Colin. You don't, and I'll, I'll, I'll be okay. People ask me, are you doing okay? I, I heard your voice crack. Are you doing okay? I was like, I have COVID. I mean, that's why, you know, 
I heard your, I heard, I didn't really then. I do tonight, no. Uh, uh, I heard your, I heard your, I heard your, are you doing okay? And that is certainly an emotional thing. And on that night, I did fine. It was a wonderful, joyous occasion. But I will share this with everyone because it illustrates, and I, and I hope that, that certainly they won't be upset that I share this. doesn't matter, but I, did, I was fine. One, I knew, I knew it was the will of God. That's comforting. But the day before the day of that wedding, I had some time alone in my house. And I was sitting down, and I was actually sitting at our countertop, and I was reading the Bible, and I was thinking about, and I actually had the, the program out, thinking about the, the ceremony the next night, because I did have a part in that. I did have some things to say, and I wanted to really measure out what I was going to say. Uh, and so, and it was at that moment, the Lord just brought back so many memories and I reflected on her life, and I reflected on all the prayers that I had prayed as her father. I reflected on every battle, certainly not every battle, but every battle I could remember, every fight that I fought others for her, every time I fought her for her, every time I had to make a hard decision and not worry about what anybody else is going to think because I knew it was best for her. All the times and all the times that the devil tried to get her life, you say, Pastor, if the devil tries to get your kids, what's wrong with them? Oh, I'm just smart enough to know he's after them. He's after yours too, by the way. And the Lord just in that time gave me that time where he just brought to memory, and I came away from that. It was worth it. I don't know if you were, you were here that night. I walked her down, and I sat in, in that seat right there while Pastor Nepshield began things, and the wedding party was up here, and I could just scan from one side of the platform to the other. And here is my eldest daughter with, with my new son-in-law and all of their friends and, clo and, and close people and our church family here. And I just took a big sigh of relief and said, it's all yours now. But no, I, and got a sense of reaping of all of the seed that had been sown. I'm thankful. Some of you are beyond that. You're past that. You've already been there. I'm not one of the older ones in the room. Um, you reap that. Sometimes we don't want to fight the battle that is brought to us. Can I tell you, Mom and Dad, fight it. Even if they have the same last name as you, fight it. Because you've got to invest. You've got to plant that seed. There are times as a pastor, there's, there's choices that have to be made, and there's battles that I have to fight as the pastor of this church to protect this church, to protect these people. And there's lines that have to be drawn. They're not always easy. They're certainly not pleasant. But I've never taken one of those stands in my years as pastor that I haven't been thankful that I did because it's an investment. 
It's planting of seed. I look and I guess this means I am getting older because in January I'll have been the pastor eight years, been on staff, of course, more than 20, grown up in this church. And now I look around and I see so many that I know that the Lord allowed me to have a part in. And I used to make the jokes, and I'll make them again tonight. I, see, I look around, and I see, I see Mrs. Triplett back there. She learned me real good in English class. <laughs> I made the, the, the jokes about Mrs., Mrs. Nelson and uh, others that have invested. I see the rucks over here. I, I grew up with their kids and so many. Brother Bland. I've, it's been a long time. Some of you new members don't know this, this, this story. When I was in elementary school, Victor Bland was my Sunday school teacher. Does some of y'all know where I'm heading with this story? And he decided to take his boys' Sunday school class on an overnight camping trip. Bad idea number one right there. So we had our tents all set up, and, and it may or may not, been, we may or may not had the, the site right next to a Girl Scout troops camp, and mistake number two was the site that we were at. Mistake number three is the chaperones went to sleep before the kids went to sleep. (laughs) And the rumor was the next day that in the middle of the night, all of the poles got jerked out of the ground of that Girl Scout troop so that all the tents fell down. That was just the rumor. Did I tell that okay? Good, okay. He was hard to keep up with that night, I tell you. But I can look at investment in me, and I'm far enough in life, I'll look at investment in others. And there's joy that comes with that. But the seed had to be sown. The prayers had to be prayed. The investment had to take place. I look in, man, just, just, just down here on the front row and others, and one, I see Tori down here. Tori and I have a love-hate relationship. We love to hate each other. Um, through the years, Tori and I have had some real headbutting times. You wouldn't know that because she seems so sweet, and, 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 but you know, that's not the case. But I tell you, and I asked her if I could use her as an illustration tonight, and she said, no, that's why I'm doing it. (laughs) Um, I think Tori always knew I loved her. I was hard on her. She used to be about 5'7", and I cut her down (laughs) to size. And there were times, I, I almost said eyeball to eyeball, but it was more like this. I said, no. She didn't like it. I don't even want to know all the things that she said after that conversation. But to her credit, of course, she always did what, she, she did the right thing. And now when I drive across the campus of the Brian Christian Academy, and I see her, it's hard to see her, that's why she's in first and second grade, because she's just a little bit taller than them. But I see her out there as a teacher. There's some joy 
that comes about. Can I say to all of us tonight, if you're going to reap, let me remind you, don't focus on the reaping. Focus on the seed. Because I, I know this is to be true because I've been around the ministry long enough and I know the Bible well enough that there's going to be seed that is sown that we don't think is taken hold. But somewhere down the line, there's going to be a sprout. Well, Pastor, I invested in them and look where they are now. Keep sowing that seed. Keep praying those prayers. Don't get so jaded and don't get so cynical because of decisions that have been made that you lose the tenderness in your heart. And if you get to a place where you can't shed a tear over another Christian, you need to focus less on them getting their heart right and you get your heart right. Keep sowing the seed. What's been 2020, Pastor? Look at everything that's going on. It's 2021. Look at everything that's going on in our nation. If, and if, and if, if politically speaking, these things don't get stopped, it is going to be devastating to our nation. What are we going to do as a church? We keep sowing the seed. We keep investing in others. We keep investing with the gospel. And sometimes you don't see the reaping until you get to heaven. And there was somebody who rode my bus. I had no idea they got what that preacher said. But here they are. There's reaping. I think that there's going to be a lot of wonderful reunions in heaven. Of course, we're going to see our Lord. We're going to see our loved ones. But we're going to see people in heaven that are there because of seed we've sown and we didn't even realize there was a reaping. If you've ever left the gospel track somewhere, somebody could have picked that up. And I believe there'll be a lot of people in heaven and all they did was read a gospel track and the Spirit of God worked in such a way and they called on the name of Jesus. We live in a wicked world. Sow the seed. Well, Pastor, we didn't have the turnout today that I, want, I thought we would have. Well, how much seed did we sow? Let's just keep sowing seed. Mom and Dad, sometimes it's going to be frustrating rearing their children. When you're tired, sow the seed. When you're weary, sow the seed. Christian, keep praying those prayers. Keep investing. Pastor, I don't have much I can give to the, to the things of the Lord. Give what you can, sow what you can. And there's a promise, and, and I'm out of time. I, I'm already out of time, but look at this real quick. Notice the change in this process. Look at how you sow in tears. But it's just a few words. It's never that short. But look at, it's a different emotion when you reap. You sow in tears with the burden. You reap in joy because of the fruit of the labor. You want to have more joy, Christian? Sow more seed. Invest. Give. Give of yourself, give of your time, give of your talent, give of your treasure. Hey, young people, listen to me. The greatest life you can live is the life lived for the Lord. Christian, the greatest life you can live is the life that gives to other people. Selfish people are miserable people. Selfless people are used by God 
to make a great difference in the life of other people. I could go on and on and on on this subject tonight. I could talk all night on this subject. But I stand here tonight as the pastor of this church. I've grown up here, and many here have invested in my life. Well, if you'd known that, you would have kept that seed in your pocket all those years ago. And here I am. You had no idea that you were investing in who would one day be your pastor. I remind myself of that every time I want to kill one of these young men. And I say to myself, when are they ever going to get it? Because I hesitate to think that they might be the one that the Lord has when my time is done. And I can think of three of them right now that are going to come up to me and inform me that they're the one. And that will pretty much rule it out right then. Hey, but let me leave you with this. You don't know who's in your presence. You don't know I've used the children tonight. You don't know the potential that's in those nurseries back there. The very hope of our nation may be there. Certainly the fruition, the blessings of somebody's life is back there. You don't know what God might do with a person that you work with, somebody who you might cross paths with tomorrow. Who what a kind word would do. What an encouragement would do. Let's invest. Let's sow the seed. Father, I pray tonight.